0: It was a disappointing result at BC Place's Toronto FC drop the final of the Voyagers Cup to Vancouver Whitecaps 5-3 on penalties after a 1-1 draw in 90 minutes. Welcome to the Day After Tunnel Club show. I'm your host, Mike Newell, uh, joined by Sean Levy as always. Um, A lot to talk about. Um, You know, we really want to get your thoughts on the game, what you saw. I know there's a lot of disappointment out there uh, in regards to just the result, the way the game sort of played out for TFC. So we'd love to get your thoughts. Feel free to grab the mic in the bottom left-hand corner if you're listening on your phone. We'll try to get you in on the show. Uh, Or if you are more inclined to tweet in your question or comment, go ahead, just at mention us on Twitter using the hashtag TFC Tunnel Club. Okay? Sean, uh, as always, I'd love to get your thoughts at the start of the show. You know, you watch it on TV just like I did, just like everybody else in this room probably did. Give us Just give us your thoughts. How are you feeling the day after a cup final loss?
1: I did my best not to think about it today. Um, just kind of delved into work and focused on that, <laughs> um, but my my I guess my biggest takeaway is that that Bob Bradley got out coached. Um, the Whitecaps came in with a game plan, knowing TFC's strengths, and played and shut them down. Like we at halftime, we had seventy something percent percentage. and and pathetic shots like equal shots on net but our shots weren't were nothing like the fact that we actually tied it fuck in my opinion, not based on like hard like it was a beautiful goal i'm not going to take anything away from mcnaughton but the team played they they were flat it was all right let's just give it to the italians and see what they can do and and they were they marked them perfectly and any, it's like there. Anytime any of the the two Italians had the ball, nobody was was open for a, a given go Like they gave it to him and just watched them. No, like you see that he's marked by two, sometimes three men. He needs like that's when somebody's open on our team. Like I could keep going, and I'm not really really gonna get because I'm just gonna get miserable and angry because I like they. All hats off to the Whitecaps. I really can't take anything away from they. They outperformed TFC. Um, they were clinical on their penalty sh- shots. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to really like. There's not. There's. There's not a bright spot outside of like yeah, McNaughton got a nice goal, but what else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna agree with you on that. I, I like I don't think Bob Bradley got our coach. I think what ended up happening is the Vancouver White Cops parked the bus really well and hit us on the right. And and that isn't like look, the way that we play football isn't to just give away possession and try to counter this team. I, I don't think that's how this team is built to play football. I think what we ran into was a very well-organized block, two blocks of four, in some cases a block of five, defending their their goal and waiting to hit us on the counter. And they did that, right? Like they they did that a couple of times. And that's our weakness. We've known that all season. Like we've known that this team is not great uh, defending transitionally. And the goal from the Whitecaps comes off not being able to clear your lines properly from a set piece, which again, we know that's been a problem for TFC this year in terms of defending set pieces. And look, I, I'm, I'm going to say a couple of things because there's been a lot going out in terms of reactions to this game, raw emotions and it's completely understandable. You you are allowed to be upset. You are allowed to be frustrated with how this season has gone, because it has been a frustrating season. But I think there are two things I'm going to take away just initially in my in my comments, and then I'd love to get the room's thoughts. And you are free not to agree with me at all, right? Like you do not have to agree with me and the way I'm I'm thinking about this. But one. Kosy Thompson had a nightmare game. There's no way around that, right? He had a he did not have a good game, and he is not ready for prime time. I completely agree with that. I think to essentially, like, I, I in some cases I, I've seen tweets kind of going after his character. I think is out of line, and I think that as a 19 year old playing out a position who wasn't even a part of the game plan for the senior roster at the beginning of the season or in preseason, I should say, he has probably done more than we could possibly ask him to do. And yes, this team needs to go out and get an experience right back a hundred percent whether they do that in this window or it has to happen in January. They definitely need to do that. I do not dispute that at all. But the slaughter this kid is going through, I think, is a little overboard. He misplayed some passes, one hundred percent. He is at fault, partly for the goal. He doesn't mark his. He doesn't mark Brian White at the far post. Yet there is a clip of Shane O'Neill pointing right to Brian White, telling him to go to Markham. uh, And he misses that assignment. And that's something he's going to have to learn from. So, yes, he is not ready as as a starting right back. He is by trade more of an attacking wide midfielder. But the, the idea is this kid has no future in football is nonsense it's absolute nonsense and uh, i i personally think he has he has done better and has done more than we could have possibly asked him for so that's asked of him i should say so that's that's one thing the second is from from a a game perspective I really think we played from a, from a possession perspective, I think we played actually well. I do agree that we lacked that penetrating final ball. It just wasn't coming together. That has to be partly a salute to the Vancouver Whitecaps. They defended their ass off. They did. They defended their ass off. And you have to sometimes put your hand up and say, the team defended incredibly well. They negated a lot of what Insigne was trying to do. They forced Bernadeschi into positions where he was cutting in so far. They was cutting in to help in the midfield. Now, part of that was because he wasn't trusting Kosey Thompson as his wing partner. But I think if you play that game, nine times or 10 times, you probably win it eight times out of 10, right? I just think in this moment, the team is not fully baked in terms of its construction. And you ended up getting getting burned by a second ball goal off a set piece. That's how I feel about it. I, I know a lot of you have different opinions on that. I'd love to hear what you have to, to, to say. Um, we've already got a few tweets in, so I'll read out a few. Um, it, it, from Jordan here, he's got a couple, but I'm going to just read out the, the one that I, that sort of stood out to me. If losing K alone is enough to destroy the system, then we need, need a new system. Look, Mark Anthony K is an incredibly important player in the team. If you lose an important player like that, you're going to struggle. Like, I think any team is going to struggle in some way. Um, you know, and, and and I don't think Jaden Nelson necessarily had a terrible game. I don't think he had a particularly outstanding game either, but to say, because you lost one player and you lost one game, you should scrap the whole system. I think there's a lot of kind of overreaction right now in the TFC live community. Um, and I think that's that's kind of indicative in some of the thoughts, uh, Sean. I know you, you. I know you also have additional thoughts on this. So I want to to bring you back into the conversation. Just like, like where where do you think it went wrong for TFC last night?
1: I mean, they were just they weren't effective in the final third. Um, you what you, what losing a player not just when you lose Mark Anthony K one of the things that it highlights is your lack of depth right i mean even when you saw when we saw the lineup and you looked at our bench we don't really have depth we have no depth so you get a key member of your your lineup missing we don't have anyone that can step up and jaden didn't do a bad job so there's i'm not going to sit there and knock him but it's a it's a major knockoff. Like how Jaden plays is not the style. Jaden's more of a forward and attacking winger, like more of a insignia uh, uh, positions player versus playing that that midfield role. So you're gonna lose something when you have a player like him. So I'm not gonna, you know, yell. Oh, we need to change. This isn't gonna work. This formation, Bob's system. I'm not. That's you're not gonna hear me be that guy but again depth we don't have depth and it, that's going to continue like if we don't add a couple key pieces like you said I'm not going to sit here and rehash everything you said about cozy thompson cuz i agree with you on that people need to take a chill half these the people criticizing him i mean you i'd love for those individuals to, to try to train one day in his shoes and see how they they hold up, right? I'm not gonna sit here and knock that young kid, but they need to. Like, it 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 might also hurt his confidence to keep throwing him out there and continuously make mistakes. At a certain point, you need to be able to maybe maybe get get um, in there just so you can give him a breather, give him a time a game to sit back and see and just watch versus always being thrown in there.
0: Sorry about that. Yeah, um, look, I, I think that, yeah, depth is a problem right now with this team. It, there's no question about that, and and you can obviously put that on Bill Manning and Bob Bradley to a certain extent, but we also know if you if you can take a step back for a second, what's hard to do when we're sort of always in the present and trying to think about. You know, losing a cup final and maybe not making the playoffs for a second straight year and things like that. But if you take a step back, you're we're rebuilding a team in which we just jettisoned 20, 21 players in the space of less than a year. Like the turnover on this team is staggering. It's staggering right to think about. I think Neil Davidson uh, from Canadian Press put out a tweet, I believe on Saturday ahead of the Charlotte game, where he showed the starting eleven from the same the same time last year, and only Bradley and Asorio, I think, were the oh no Bradley and Bono, I think, were the only two players in that 11 from that game that are still even on the team. I don't think Oso was in the 18 that day. So to expect that the entire team is going to be rebuilt and fully baked in the span of call it seven to eight months it, it, that's, that's pretty tough to swallow. And and also to think that in many ways, this team is kind of being rebuilt again because now you've added Insigne and Bernadeschi and they've only played a game and a half, really. So I tweeted this out last night. A lot of people were frustrated. And again, I understand that. But the teams that we loved for TFC, the, the 16, the 17, the 18 team that made the Champions League run, even if you go back to 2019 and the improbable cup run from that team, those teams had to go through a process where they had to gel and figure out how to play together as a unit. And they did it with much more experienced players than the team that's currently playing for toronto fc and they had to fail right if you think about it you know 2014 obviously the bloody big deal they not make the playoffs did not end well 2015 you make the changes you bring in seba you bring in josie you make the playoffs barely and then you get blown out by montreal away failure quote unquote No, there's actually progress in that failure. 2016, you bring in some more veteran MLS pieces. You go back, you win the Voyagers Cup. By the way, Toronto FC hasn't missed the Voyagers Cup final since 2016. That's actually a pretty remarkable streak. But they get to the MLS Cup final. We have a great run. Fail in the final. Don't win the cup. They had to fail those times to then get to to the Pantheon in 2017. And I think that's where this team is right now, where they're figuring themselves out. All the pieces aren't here yet. It's very much like that 2015 team where this team is going to fail a couple of times in order to then fly later on. Because I actually think... There are encouraging signs. Even in this loss, there were encouraging signs in terms of how this team can play. It does need more tinkering. That's that's 100% true. I 100% agree with that. Uh, Paul uh, is just looking to grab the mic. So, Paul, I'm going to bring you in here. Um, you're on. So, uh, Paul, go ahead and mute yourself and give us your thought.
2: Um I know, Mike, we went back and forth last night in regards to Sean's comment, I'm actually surprised that Sean um, made that comment in regards to um, Bob Bradley being our coach. I per- I honestly did believe that, and, and not, I'm not saying that Bob Bradley's a bad coach at all, and I think I've been saying this on Twitter for weeks on end. My, my only issue, and you go back to the teams that we had, and I know probably I can't remember exactly with all the teams when we struggled a bit, but the difference, I would say, and I'm not saying whether Vanny or Bob Bradley's better or worse. I think the difference two things. Number one, Vanny had the opportunity just to only coach and not be the sporting director, and I think I think that's hampering, to be honest, Bob Bradley a bit. I could see it being hard trying to figure out. Okay, you know, along with Bill Manning, we have to bring in you know new players and also game planning week after week. I think that definitely does affect him to a certain extent in comparison to other teams that we play that the coach only has to focus on the game plan and what he has to do week after week. So even even last night's game, for me personally, and maybe I'm seeing things differently, I understand that Bob Bradley has a system, but there has to be times when you're able to be flexible enough to say, okay, Vancouver's playing this specific way how can we play differently or we don't have x player in the lineup at this particular time so how can we adjust or make adjustments necessary so that we could even counter how vancouver is playing and not just relying on the talent because after a while if you start to rely just on the talent only it becomes frustrating for players um essentially if you're just relying on their talent in order to win games. And I think that for me is where my sticking point right now with Bob Bradley um, coaching the team and also being sporting director. And also just to add with Coach Thompson, people that are attacking him have to understand, like, I've played. And now learning a new position as a right back, to be honest, that defense is a hard is A lot of people might look at it and be like, oh, it's just easy. No. You have to be – you have to understand and read the game and understand a new position, um, and very much it's not easy. So for a 19-year-old, for what he's done so far, definitely I commend him because I've seen how he's grown definitely week after week. Yes, he's made some mistakes, and sometimes I even not Bob Bradley and say, okay, are the kids learning from him? Because sometimes they're making mistakes repeatedly, but still – the right back position is not an easy position to play, to be honest. So I think some of the fans out there who are attacking him specifically, whether you can play football or not, I think they need to dial back a bit. But yeah, that's my only, currently my only issue. I, I would like to see some flexibility with Bob Bradley, how he plays and how, and and yes, even from a formation, but even, even if we look at the penalty, we've seen the stats Jonathan, love him dearly, but he should have been kicking a penalty last night. Like, those are the things that I'm just saying with Bob Bradley that I want to see a difference, and I think it will help. Not to say that they might not lose the next game, but how they lose, I think, is very important. And I think that, for me, is the issue currently that I have with this current TFC team. Thank you.
0: Absolutely, Paul. Thank you for your comments and for jumping in. And and look, I agree in the sense that I don't think Bob Bradley can be as dogmatic in the way that his his football ideas are in a match. Like sometimes you do have to adjust, but I'll also counter with what else could you really do from a tactical perspective in that case, right? You're dominating possession and and the way that you are set up is meant to play that way. So unless you're willing to give up the ball or part of the ball in order to try to expand the game and I don't want to say make it a track meet, but to open up the game that way, which then which in turn actually exposes you to one of your biggest weaknesses, which is defending in transition. I don't really know what exactly else Bob Bradley was going to do here. I mean, maybe one of the arguments that I've heard this said before is maybe allow and either allow Bernadeschi or Insigne to have more of a free role instead of making them stay pretty static on the left and the right and giving them an opportunity to float and find the ball. But I countered that by saying. Well, that was exactly the thing we just said about Alejandro Pozuelo and why it wasn't working from a positional perspective with him. So why would we then turn around and just do the same thing again with, with those players? So I'm not really sure what else tactically Bob Bradley is going to do. Unless maybe you try two up the top. And maybe because I thought I thought Ayo when he came in provided more of a threat than Jesus Jimenez just simply because he was willing to try to get behind the defenders and make it a little uncomfortable for them. By trying to just stretch them a little bit more, because I think it was very comfortable for Vancouver to defend TFC because everything was kind of in front of them. And that was also, I mean, partly because they're parking the bus and playing that way. Sean, I'd love to get your thoughts and then Paul, I'll get you back in.
1: Um, no, I mean, Paul made some very good, good points. Um, I won't really go too much on, on, on the Bob Bradley, how he, you know, whether he got a coach or, or what, what he could or could have done last night. Um, Cause reality is, is you're limited based on, again, the players you have available and, the kind of when you have two players like in and Bernardeschi, you kind of almost have to play a three-man up front versus a two-man because I mean then you're kind of let are you just gonna let the two of them roam up front and just feed them the ball and hope something works? And again, I don't know. Like you said, based on possession, that the formation might have been necessarily the, the biggest issue. Um, what I will touch on is is. Is Bob Bradley spread too, too thin? And that's that that that's a valid question because I know it's been discussed on the Toronto Till I Die podcast, um, and I've, I know we've had discussions about that recently. And that's – In a, here's the thing. Is in an ideal scenario, there wouldn't have been that much turnover on the team, and there would have been less stress on we need bodies, we need, we need bodies, and just focus on coaching. So I'm going to kind of let this year one go and not harp on that too much as long as he's able to add the right pieces between now and the offseason going into next year so that we as fans don't have to sit here and hope like why are we still going into the season with a short roster, right? So that then he doesn't have to worry about like he'll still be, it'll be, obviously it's, it's his role, but it's not when you don't, when you have a full complete roster with the right guys, at least the guys you believe are the right ones going into the start of the season, you're less, you, there's less focus on that. At the, you know what I mean? So then he, he'll he be able to focus on coaching, I think a little bit more. And maybe he needs to bring in an assistant that can kind of take away some of the the, the load management for it. I don't know. That's that's what I would I, – I, I'm not going to focus too much this season on it simply because with such a turnover and a short window of time, it, I don't think there's much, too much more you could have asked asked of him when it comes to covering both roles.
0: Paul, you had a thought. I uh, saw your hand up, so I wanted to give you a chance to respond.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. This would be my last comment. I actually – you both made very good points. Initially, I was going to counter. I forgot which game that Ayo came back. Um, the first game came back. And we were playing, I think, 4 3 three-two-one, one And I think in the middle of the game, he did change it. But also, you made a good point. Uh, I think it was either Sean or you, Mike, was saying, if you if you have Xigné and Brodijewski, do you still play the two up top? Like, would it make sense based on the way Vancouver saw tape back? But... I was just thinking along those lines, but very good points. And even with Sean, thanks for, thanks for saying that again, because I think sometimes we do forget that it's the first year. And yes, we're hoping maybe that he'll bring somebody else in that will help him. Um, but yeah, let's give him a. Ch- That's a very good point. Give him a chance in this first year, and if in the second year it's still happening, then we could start to maybe our voices could be even louder. So thanks, guys, um, for um, both of your points. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Paul. Again, thank you for participating. I'm just going to put you back into the audience uh, for now. Uh, if you want to grab the mic later, feel free. But, yeah, I think, the, the as we said before, Bob Bradley will be judged in 2023. That should be the way he is judged. I get that the the urge is to look at now and, and want to to judge now, and I get that. But I, I'm I personally am choosing to take a step back and look at the bigger picture at the the build of what we're trying to do, and there was an argument, not an argument, but more of a a question online just in regards to roster build and how it's done. And obviously, people point at Seattle. I point at Seattle in terms of that sustained run of form. But even Seattle have failed, right, to get to where they have. They haven't missed the playoffs, but they've lost lost Cup Finals to us. They've lost in CCL many times before they eventually won it. So I do believe that you need to allow teams who are trying to build their project, their team, time to... Find the right pieces, then you need to gel, then the system needs to come together, then the results come. And again, the run that TFC were on from 2015, let's even include 2020. That time that time was needed. Greg Vanny needed that time to fully implement his ideas to make TFC what we now think they should be. On a year-to-year basis uh jordan you're requesting the mic i'm just opening that up unmute yourself man and give us your thought oh hello we need jordan. hey jordan i can hear you
3: hey what's going on um yeah, you, you guys really put things into perspective for me. Because, yes, at first I was a little angry and upset about what happened last night. But given everything that has happened up until this point from this time last year, we just got to know that it will be a process. And um, things can be a little bit overblown in the heat of the moment. And um, just knowing that this is a project and everybody's in here for the long haul, it can only be positive. But, um... But, uh, Paul's point was... Paul also made a point that, yeah, there is a system. They had... I, I made a point that saying that, yeah, there's a system, and if uh, certain players aren't there, then you can change the system. I didn't say overall the system was bad or anything like that. I was just saying, you just want to make do with the players you have. Because I believe Pernodetsky before... um was playing in a more of a number 10 role, right? So he would have been able to uh, float he, inside. He,
0: yeah, he, he can float inside. He's mainly a winger, but he can play centrally.
3: Yeah, so, and seeing the game overall, you were seeing insignia and Bernadette that you come back so far to, to help the midfield out there. Because I think in the game itself, we've lost in the midfield really badly. Like, um, and uh, regardless of the possession, we couldn't get anything through the midfield, and that right there was what won Vancouver the game. Like by the 70th minute, we were even. It was because Berndeski himself coming in a little bit further in the middle and making that amazing um, through ball to. Oh, sorry, uh, through ball to um, Lucas McNaughton. We probably wouldn't even have. We probably would not have. We probably wouldn't be uh, making it to the uh, penalties or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, it's like uh, I could have been like, oh, we could have switched to a four-two-three-one. Have Osorio and Bradley as double pivots. Have Birdeski in the middle. Have um, Insigne on the left side, and have insert right winger here on the right side, and and have whoever you want at striker up top. And maybe that could have worked that way. That way you'll have the creativity that was lost when Mark Kennedy Kay was gone. Right? So that was what that was what I was talking about when I'm like, we could change the system to allow more players to have a position to succeed. And I don't think Kosey Thompson was able to succeed in the system they were playing him in at that point. Because it all comes down to instinct. As you said, he came from an attacking player's mindset mindset so forget the game it's really hard to do and it, and um i believe um there there's a lot of work to be done but i think it's still possible to be done it's just that um things were exposed last night and um but thankfully it's still the first year and um we can only grow from here um, Absolutely. i'll just i'll just mute myself from here
0: thank you yeah no no problem thanks jordan participating, coming onto the show. I'll just move you back into the audience for now. Look, I don't think Jordan's wrong there, Sean, I, I, if you wanted to respond to what he was saying there. But, you know, maybe the team could have more moved to a 4-2-3-1 uh, and, and have Bradley and Osorio as double pivots. I still think you kind of run into the same issue, though, where in that case you're actually kind of playing into Vancouver's hands. By playing more centrally, right? It it it's the four, two, three, one is more of a narrow formation. And the way that Vancouver were playing in terms of trying to sit back in in steady blocks of four to stifle a lot of what Toronto FC was doing, I think that still plays into that into the into that hand. I don't know what you think, Sean
1: yeah because I mean the, ideally what you want to be able to do is is especially in the final third is stretch stretch the play and if you're playing that in a four three two one you're going a little bit more centralized in your attack um now maybe that would have off you know by switching to that that maybe it would have give you know uh had Vancouver marked differently seeing a different um, set up from TFC and maybe that would have opened up a few holes. I'm not sure. Um, but I, again, when you have so much possession, you can almost say the formation wasn't the issue.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, I think the one thing that I'm disappointed about in, in the match was when Vancouver, you know, football, whether it be from a goal kick, I did see a lot of attempts to press f- press the the center backs or the goalkeeper in a lot of ways, and that is supposed to be a hallmark of a broad Bradley system, right, is that idea of a press. You didn't really see that last night. Uh, I felt that they they sat back waiting to win second balls and then control possession. And again, I, I do believe this is a process, and I do believe that Bob Bradley does not feel he has a forward, you know, whether your striker to to press properly. I actually think I.O. could fit that role better than Jesus Jimenez, in my opinion. I think Jesus Jimenez has a lot of great uh, attributes. I just sometimes I think he wants the ball to feed a little bit more, and I don't think he is the type of striker that is going to make that press, whereas I believe i o will do that for some of the faults i o has and he does have a few right that's that's i I thought that was missing
1: yeah and and I actually would have liked to have seen i o start over uh, Jimenez I think Jimenez is just he's in a funk right now, and I just think you know maybe like I understand you want to kind of he's he's quote unquote your top striker so you want him to keep throwing a throwing him out there, hoping he can break that funk. But I felt in a game like that, having somebody like Io, who's a little shiftier and a little – has a little bit different or better or maybe more pace than Jimenez, um, that might have also been uh, an asset uh, to start versus bringing him in later in the game when you're forcing the issue. Um, But again, we can sit here and I'll second-guess everything um, you know, it, it at the end of the day, we do do a beautiful cross from Bernadeschi, which I think we haven't really touched on that. No, we haven't. It is, it
0: is a work of art, like it, it <laughs> really is.
1: When you see him, you know, left foot, side foot it, curve it per pay, with the pace, like it's not even just a matter of, of you know, the way he curved it, it's with pace and accuracy of right where you want to have place it. and it was like McNaughton just walked into the ball, right it was it was it was perfect. um so we have to at least give him that because because I mean that was our savior to at least give us a a chance right
0: right and um, and that and that sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is the you, you you make the investments that this team has made in those two players because although you're you're building a system, you're building a way of play. You're watching this team develop as you bring pieces in to try to to win. But also you get those moments of magic when nothing's happening, right? When things aren't coming off the way you hope they will, you have a player like that who can create a moment of magic out of literally nothing, right? In fact, Jaden Nelson underhits the pass to him. That sets him up for that, right? He's trying to set him up to hit that. Now, I don't think he imagined he would go outside of, the, uh, outside of the boot to make that cross. But Jaden's trying to get that ball to him. I and mean, he under, actually undercooks the pass. But Bernadeschi has enough quality to, to step into the ball. And, of course, inch perfect ball. And Lucas McNaughton just, you know, again, like you said, walks right into it uh, and, and gets the goal. And, and I think he's also, and also, Lucas McDonald is an, another player that we haven't really spoken about. I, as much as we're speaking about kind of the, the quote unquote negatives of this match, I actually thought Lucas McDonald played really well. Uh, you know, I, obviously, uh, Bernadette, he played well. I thought Insigne was okay. I thought he, he did get, I mean, he's going to get double and triple marked every time he gets the ball, right? So, we're going to have to just get used to that at the moment
1: and but he's got to get used to the physical play of mls cuz both both of them do both yeah, of them do. in the game that they were getting like banged and hammered and refs that's mls right like that's it's a different it's a different league out here that's one of the things that is different than it's Syria.
0: I, I i do think the referee let a few things go that should have been fouls uh, on both yeah, sides. fair, fair
1: on enough, both,
0: but, but both, both ways, both ways. Yes, on both ways, 100% on both ways. I thought he, I thought he, it was kind of like if you're a fan of the NBA where, you know, things that would be foul in a regular season don't become fouls in the playoffs and referees, quote unquote, swallow whistles. I kind of felt that was the, the way that the referee last night played it you know he let some physical things go that i thought were fouls on both ends and i think that you know i don't that that's not what determined the game the referee for 100% did not determine the game but that's something that both bernardeschi and Insigne are going to have to get used to uh, being in mls uh, a couple of comments here just uh, from the hashtag tfc Tunnel club i want to get them in here um, for the end of the show. So, uh, Njet, uh, just with a couple of comments, uh, just a, one, uh, we don't have all D- three DPs slots filled. There's still an open slot, 100% true. Uh, he thinks Vancouver played what he would call anti-football. Uh, and fair to them, you know, they didn't want to match TFC from a footballing perspective. TFC are going to have to get used to that. They're going to get a lot of that coming down the stretch and especially at the beginning of next year. They will get a lot of teams willing to sit in deep and dare them to break them down. Because I think a lot of people looked at that Charlotte game and Charlotte were fairly open in the way that they were trying to play on Saturday and got torn apart. So I think a lot of teams saw that and realized, yeah, we're gonna sit, we're gonna sit on this team, and we know right now this team is not good Defending in transition. So we will take our chances on the counter. Um, and and just TFC are going to have to work their way through that and find ways to unlock teams who are going to sit deep on them. Uh, JJ mentioned it felt like it wasn't a major issue that they lost. The team had very little spark. Uh, pulling Lorenzo and Signe off uh, and letting Oso take a penalty kick. Paul also mentioned the the penalty decision in his comments. I'm okay with taking Lorenzo off. I I, probably, the plan probably was not to have him play that long to begin with, but you're in a cup final and they were where they were in terms of the game state. So he played longer uh, than initially probably planned. And when it comes to penalties, I've listened to a lot of interviews with players and coaches on how penalties get decided and who takes them in many cases it is not the manager who decides who takes penalties in a shootout it's generally the manager goes to the players and say hey do you want to take it or you know a player puts their hand up and say i'll take it because there are a lot of big players who do not step up and take penalties right they won't put their hand up uh so i will as much as yes, Oso is not the best penalty taker. I don't. I don't even remember. It Has actually also put a penalty in. I. I, I remember going to the 2019 season opener in Philadelphia, and he got a penalty, and it was a woeful penalty take he, he took. But yeah, when he went up there, I did not have confidence that he was going to put it in. I don't know about you, Sean.
1: Well, uh, I'm not <clears throat> sorry. Not a fan of the stutter step. Um, I think. A lot of players, you know, think it, it gets the keeper off of his 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 to move one way, but it also affects the, the shooter with placement because he's he's he has a, has in his head what side he's going to before he sh- he's, when he from he steps up, but then as he does that, center, his movement and momentum shift shifts and changes, and he sh- he shafted it. Like, it, it the minute it left his foot, that wasn't going in. Even if he got it closer to the the corner, I think the goalie would have saved it. Yeah. Right. So, again, sometimes, and I think, like I said, I think if you a player like also, I know he's the kind of guy that you know what stepped up right away, and I'm I'm in. Bob didn't even have to ask him. He probably was one of the guys that, that stands up, and nobody's telling him no. That's the problem, regardless of his history. And I, I don't know how many he scored, if he has scored any, but I don't believe he has the best record when it comes to taking penalty shots.
0: No, he, his, I don't think he has hit. I think he's taken a penalty in each one of TFC's penalty shootouts, and I don't think he's made one.
1: Did he, the one again that we, when we, if anyone's in the room and remembers, because we just played Hamilton, um, was he in that shootout? Did he take a shot?
0: I should know. It was field level. I don't think he did. But But I don't,
1: I don't remember him. Yeah. Like, uh, was he even playing that game? Not thinking about it?
0: I don't think he did, actually. He didn't. No, he didn't.
1: He didn't. So, yeah. So then he definitely, but the point is, again, like, I'm not going to sit here and harp on him, you know. When it comes to shootout, like, sometimes even a team that's dominant in the game and just can't can't bury it in, in, in at the end of the, the final whistle and then loses in shootout, that's just the way it is sometimes, right? Like, it's really someone's got to lose in a shootout. And it's a matter of who doesn't make a mistake.
0: Yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. and we've got uh, Andy here saying that Oso is 0 for 4 in uh, penalties, uh, in in, um, competitive penalties. Uh, So there you go. He has not made a penalty in a penalty shootout in a final.
1: No. So that, like I said, we all love Oso. There's not one person I would, like, in this chat, at least I hope you know, like, that really would criticize. Because outside of that, he's been our our best player probably all season long, right? When he's on the pitch. So you're not, you know, we all love Oso. But when it comes to penalties, that's not his forte.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, A couple of other comments here. Uh, Neto just says, in in lost in the shuffle, Crescito has been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I thought Crescido again was solid last night. Um, he actually made a couple of key actions, actually, that could have led to really, really big opportunities. I'm thinking of one in the second half where I believe, I think by that point, Daniil was in, and there might have been a, a turnover in the midfield. And uh, and he basically just kind of kept his positioning strong and not overreacting to the turnover and actually intercepted a ball that would have slipped in the, the right winger uh, for an opportunity. So... Again, uh, Crescido's proving to be a pretty solid pickup for this team. Um, and Ravi just saying here, we didn't lose the game. We lost the shootout. If this were an MLS game, we would have come away with a point on the road. Also, the system is fragile because we don't have the depth of players. Once we get the quality guys in, the system is sound. One, it's a cup final. So, I, I look, you you try to win those things in 90 minutes. Uh, and, there, and that's kind of what we'll, we'll say and I don't necessarily disagree with, with that again as it's been pointed out and I, I said earlier look I think you play that game 10 times and 8 times TFC win that game I really do and I, I just think the state of the final and one set piece error cost you the match but that's what cup finals are right Margin of error is slim in a cup final,
1: and Uh, I see like uh, you know we knock Vancouver's crowd all the time, most of the time, right? They showed up yesterday.
0: Well, when you're giving free tickets, if your name is Ryan, then you know what it worked, right? It worked. Like they had, they,
1: they had like watching on TV, you could hear them the whole game long. Right, and that's what you like as a home team. That's what you want. You want that crowd that lifts you. It gives you that extra. It's annoying as f to the the away team because they're like they never shut up, and, not. and nothing's going well for you. It is an extra uh, annoyance. So, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, you have to whether you know, like I said, we criticize and laugh at them most of the season long, but their campaign to 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 support their team worked.
0: Yeah, and and look, they they needed it. Uh, speaking to people in Vancouver, um, Gange rozek and and other people in the area, look, the the Caps have lost a lot of will with the, the fan base there, both from results on the pitch, but also some of the uh, un to call it unsavory things that have been going on with the club in terms of the women's program and the club's reaction to uh, investigating it has turned some people off from the club. So they have a lot of goodwill to try to rebuild uh, their land base. So I good on them. Uh, it's kind of funny to watch them to basically offer just about every ticket incentive you possibly can. How that goes for the rest of the season, we'll see for them. But uh, very interesting. And then in terms of, you know, Ravi's comment about you know the system being fragile i don't think the system is fragile i think right now you just don't have all the pieces you want i think the system will work once you have the the pieces you want really play to to really play the way they want to play um i think right now you you're still Although you have now both DP, big name DPs and you're still a bit in evaluation mode with some of these players. Uh, And that's of course not something fans want to hear because obviously you want to hear that your team is, has a plan and a system and they know exactly how they're going to play every week and so on and so forth. But it's just right now that's the, you know, Bob Bradley mentioned it in November. This is going to take, two to three, maybe even four windows to get everyone in. Uh, Because you can't just – you can release a lot of players very easily. You can't sign them all very easily at the same time. Uh, That's true.
1: And we have another issue that a lot of fans are going to hate to have to come to realize is that we have, what, three or four guys currently on the roster that are out of contract for the season. And of those that I can think of, there's really two that kind of will – one for sure you want back, the other... Not that you want neither, though. You don't want both of them back, but you just want one specifically on a reduced contract, you know, a team-friendly. And then, you know, we know is going to be looking for his payday, right? Um, both keepers are, are up for contract. Um, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else outside of Bradley and Oso, but, you know, expect more change this off season so we're far from from you know once we have the pieces and it's not just having that you're 11 it's having at least a reliable 18 to 23 so that when players go down or whatever the case may be you still have players that can come in and and not really have too much of a drop off if they're not your if you know a starter's injured or something to that
0: effect yeah and, and that's just that where TFC is right now in terms of roster. It just isn't deep enough to, to compete at a level in which you're going to be a championship club year in, year out. It just isn't. Um, a lot of top-end talent, but you need that back-end talent to really bring you through. And it will be interesting to see, even at the end of this window, right, um, how this gets done. If they go and they try to make some moves now, Bob Bradley mentioned in the press conference after the Charlotte win that they're not particularly done yet in the market. And there's still a week and a bit to go uh, in, in the, in the transfer market. It closes on August 8th. So there's definitely more inbound signings on the way. I wouldn't necessarily expect them to be groundbreaking signings. I, I think they will be ones that start to help to build out some of the depth on this team. We'll see how that goes uh, for the remainder of this season. Uh, Sean, I think we should end it there. I think we've sort of covered everything uh, at this point uh, about the final. Obviously it's disappointing not to, add a ninth Voyager's Cup to to the trophy case, but good on the Caps. They came in with a game plan and they executed it really well. And sometimes as much as we can look at our own team and nitpick about things, I do you need to put your hand up and say the Caps just played really well. And you kind of have to, at times, leave it at that.
1: Yeah. You know, there's like the we could sit here and, and harp on every little fine finer point of the game. That's not going to change the results, right? We lost. Team, you know, it's something for for the young kids to to experience what it's like to be the high of winning a, a trophy and the low of losing a final. And you know, that's a good learning uh, lesson for some of them. Um, but like I said, this is far from a finished product. So take it for what it's worth. We have another game on on Saturday at New England on turf, which will be interesting to see. Um, I'm going to assume neither of the Italians start. Well, what I mean, Italians, up front. um, (laughs) Simply because, you know, the wear and tear, travel, you know, you might have them on the 18, but is it worth it? Start them again in turf? I
0: don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you define the rest of this season. Do you go for it in terms of trying to make a run to the playoffs? We outlined it on uh, Toronto FC, or Toronto till I die. They're right now six points out of a playoff spot. They have a bunch of teams they need to jump. New England is one of them, so this is a six-pointer on the weekend.
1: Yeah, you you know my take on that. Like for me, it's like I'm not focusing on playoffs, and I understand, you know, uh, that's you know that's that's me as a fan, right? You know, any management coach you want to win, your goals to win every game you 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 can beat, right? Um, but I think for them, it it's it's building continuously building and improving that's the, the goal and the focus and if that means you know within the next week and a half adding a couple pieces to solidify at least the remain the remainder of the season so that you can ha- whatever push you're going to push on what however wherever you end up great but again i just need some consistency some real consistency from this team
0: well if the team can get consistent possible that they're closer into the mix of a playoff run than we might initially have thought. It will all depend on how they play, how they choose to attack it. And also how, how some of the other, how some of the other clubs do down the road or down the stretch, because in a lot of ways, TFC will need help from those teams in order to make any kind of significant run to the playoffs. We'll end it there. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody listening to tonight's uh, tunnel club. Obviously not the, the happiest (laughs) uh, day after reaction show, but we really appreciate you listening. We appreciate those who are participating both by taking the mic and sharing their thoughts with us on Twitter We'll be back with a with a Tunnel Club show it's just Saturday. we will figure out which day we're going to do it and let you know. So stay tuned to the TFC Tunnel Club Twitter space, and we'll get uh, show information out to you guys uh, so you can join along with us. Sean, any last thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Well, I just want to say it's always a pleasure. Uh, with all of you guys when you guys join in with us. um, You know, we're all just footy fans sharing each other's passion um, and frustration, which is part of the game. And, you know, let's all keep our heads up. Things will get better.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. On behalf of Sean, this is Mike. Thanks for listening to the Tunnel Club day after show. And we will be back this weekend. Take care, guys. Have a good night.